The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks, episode 102. We And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Craig Wade. We're, we're joined with uh, Ryan C. Thomas. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, apparently, I have a dead bug issue. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at least you have a dog to eat it. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it's a black widow though, so the dog will just get sick and go away for a couple days. <laughs> that's mean. I love my dogs. See, that's why you write dark, dark fiction, right? <laughs> yeah. No, right before I came over to get on the computer with you guys, the dog tried to trip me, and then my wife picked up the baby. We have a four month old, so she was going in the other room with the baby, and the dog tried to trip her as she was holding the baby. So the dog is just out to get us today. Yeah, he's it like, is. it's payment for making me fucking eat bugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we are talking, uh, what are we talking? Uh, from Beyond and Red Ice Run by, by Ryan C. Thomas and Craig Saunders. Let's do it. <laughs> You're like, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, before we get into any of that, any of y'all have any news, anything cool y'all want to talk about? Uh, I got, I got something. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's not, I don't want to talk about it for too long. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, because it's really not, I guess the focus of our, our show, but I want to talk about one thing real quick about Avengers infinity war. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Is it spoilers? So, Wait, is it a spoiler? No. I haven't seen it yet. Right. No, not really. Uh, I just want to say, just as a as a general thing, um, I really enjoy how they made the trailers. Okay, and that sounds weird, but there's a whole bunch of stuff in the trailers that's edited uh-huh. um, that doesn't happen in the movie. <laughs> like that's- they straight up lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, so you're a, a fan of that? I am because I went in, <laughs> right. no, I went in like expecting certain things to happen, mm-hmm. and then they didn't happen, uh, just based solely on what I saw in the trailers. That's right. how I feel about casinos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they show pictures of people winning, but yeah, well, <laughs> everyone so there's happy. money falling down in the commercial, and I don't get shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is like. There, there's so many trailers nowadays that spoil like the entire movie for you. You know, True. it's like if you watch trailers, then you go in and you know exactly what's going to happen. Especially found footage movies, every trailer has like you know the ones that end with like a death or something. They always show the last frame of it, whether it be Paranormal Activity did, uh, Quarantine did. Like I don't know, I'm not going to go through my found food footage trailer list, but yeah, please do. <laughs> They do that also in like the butt bangers videos, the trailers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I finished these on her face. Now I don't even need to watch it. So, I, know, I know how it is. All you need is the trailer. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I was happy about that. Yeah. And they did the same thing for the the Thor movie too, the third one. Uh-huh. Like the, to keep out like big spoilers. Wait, there was oh, it was third one Ragnarok. Yeah, everybody yeah. forgets about the second one. No, oh, I forgot about Ragnarok. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, I don't watch trailers. I make it a point. I'm one of those guys. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see before I go to the theater. Now that I have kids, I never go to the theater, so it's kind of just like I don't get to see the trailer or the movie. But back <laughs> but in the day, I, I made. <laughs> yeah, you got the power I of imagination. The trailers because I felt that they were giving away too much. So I still, to this day, I don't watch trailers. Oh, really? See, I will yeah. throw on just like the Apple TV trailers, like, and just watch them on repeat. 
<laughs> I not like the same trailer. I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> no, we've talked about it before. Like we would go, like if it was an option, we would go to the movies and watch like two hours worth of trailers. Yeah, I totally like, would. <laughs> Like, well, do you guys awesome. remember back in the I think it was the late 80s or the 90s you could go to the video store and rent like trailer yeah. videos yeah yeah it was like summer releases and stuff <laughs> yeah and yeah like a I, you know, I would never pay money at a video store in the 90s for one though like that's giving up <laughs> that's one expensive. of my releases for it but like for, for like 50 cents something it's like super cheap I mean they have to add like hobo <laughs> options for this, you know, it, it, I'm not going to pay $10 to watch trailers, but for like fucking 50 cents and you sell me popcorn. Okay. It's a terrible business model. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're a fan of them putting uh, fake stuff. I, in I am. Cause, cause like I said, like I went in expecting to see certain scenes. I'm not going to say which ones they are, um, you know, or certain things to happen away and mm-hmm. it didn't, and it was very subversive, and I enjoyed that. The way a trailer, the trailer for A Quiet Place was cut uh, made it seem like something that happened didn't happen, and it's a huge part of the movie, but also probably the main selling point of the trailer. Like, whenever the sun, uh, I don't want to spoil in case, Ryan, have you seen it or no? I haven't been to the movies in four years, so oh, okay. I haven't seen anything. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the scene with his son in the trailer, the way that it goes in the trailer does not is not really at all indicative of what happens in the film. And I thought that was kind of cool. Do you remember when, this was years ago, uh, so the movie Twister with uh, Bill, Bill uh, was his name Bill Paxton? Yeah. That was and Paxton. they did... Yeah, and so then that year at the MTV Movie Awards, I can't believe I know this because I was way too old to be watching MTV, but Ben Stiller was like the host or something, and he made fun of the the fact that there's a scene in the trailer that doesn't happen in the movie. And so they recut. He did his own. It's probably on YouTube. You can find it. He did his own Twister trailer. Mm-hmm. He's like, we've got cows. We've got fences. We've got <laughs> scenes that are in the trailer and not in the movie. <laughs> like So th- this has been going on for a long time. Well, well, no. Okay, so that's I think that's different. Like whenever it's a scene in the movie that just gets cut or whatever, mm-hmm. the the stuff that I'm talking about is deliberately like they CGI'd certain characters and stuff in scenes. Oh, really? That are not there, and the yeah. characters are not in the. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so it was. It was like they did character changes. Okay, so here I'll spoil the one from Ragnarok from the Thor one. Okay. I saw Ragnarok, so rugged. Okay, okay. So, uh, he, oh no, in, don't in spoil the trailers, it. <laughs> in the trailers, like there's this scene where like he's fighting people on a bridge, and it's at the end of the movie, and he's got both mm-hmm. of his eyes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> in the movie, he gets his eye ripped out, right? Yeah, right and right. so they CGI that out, and there's stuff like that that they did in the Infinity War trailer. But way so, more. do you think they did that because they know that? Everybody's going to get online and go and fr- they, they they go frame by frame and go, look, in this frame, he's missing an eye. So now we know what's going to happen yeah. in the movie. I think I think it's all. Yeah, that or exactly like there's, you know, entire YouTube channels now that make their living like breaking down trailers right. and stuff. You know, they'll do like 30 minute long videos of a two minute trailer. Oh, I hate that but shit. I watch them sometimes. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I will watch like breakdowns of films and stuff like that. And, you know, critiques. I hate uh-huh. whenever they break down trailers and just speculate or like yeah. reaction videos where it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> making faces at it. And like, why am I watching this? What happened to entertainment? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, oh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I watched that downsizing movie. Also not really in the format of our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Watch that downsizing movie. I hated it. Don't ruin it. I figured you would. God, I hated that film. Uh, (laughs) Well, then I don't need to see it. I probably won't. I wouldn't be able to see it anyway, but now I definitely won't see it. (laughs) Well, it was it was a rental. So uh, I I actually kind of liked it, but it was I I didn't really. It was not what you expect. Yeah, it's not a lighthearted comedy about shrunken people. Mm. Yeah. Instead, it's what I was expecting. A heavy heavy-handed social commentary very heavy-handed <laughs> and uh, you go into like little people world real quick 
and everything's just normal size, like proportionally normal size. So you forget you're in a little people movie. So it's just like, yeah, oh, fuck. Every once in a while, like, <laughs> something in the background will be really big or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of was just like, oh, man. It's kind of rough. Anyway, um, yeah. Other than that, I watched Creep Show this week. That oh, movie cool. holds up nice. so well. So, so well. But. Creepshow's right. good. Yeah, I get, that's that's it. All I had to bring to this conversation was Creepshow and uh, <laughs> downsizing. So, uh, I really feel like I had something else, but whatever. Some forty one, <laughs> man. You want to talk about some forty one concert? <laughs> no, I mean it was good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, well let's let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ryan, did did yes. you watch the movie? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, say, how I, awkward I, would it be if like you didn't watch the movie? Because I didn't even think about asking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, actually, uh, Craig and I had talked about it. And I, it took me two days because my son, my son has never had a problem with horror films. He'll just walk in the room and be like, hey, it's Freddy killing someone. That's awesome. Uh, but this was one of the first times. This was the second time ever that he a horror movie was on and he got scared. The first time was the the TV version of it from the eighties. And when he saw Tim Curry's Pennywise, he started crying. And then this time when he saw, uh, what's the, the bad guy, Petraeus or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I... Um, when he saw him, when his head split open, kind of like the first third of the movie and tried to kill the girl, he started crying. So, the, uh, so anyway, yeah, it took me two days to watch it and, uh, it was, it's a delight and we'll get into it for sure. Yeah, I actually I watched it last night and I fell asleep uh, twice and had to keep re overlapping. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, all right, well let's let's just jump into it. So we're talking from beyond. Nineteen eighty six has all the elements of a good film. <laughs> yeah. You got Barbara that Crampton, Jeffrey Coombs, yeah, first and foremost. Yeah, and, and it was Stuart Gordon. I mean, this is his follow-up yep. to Reanimator. Came out like a year before right. this. Uh, also, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. You know this H.P. Lovecraft property, I guess. Um, yeah. Where, where does it fall in the? Where does Dagon come in his filmography? Uh, Two thousand one. Oh, okay, really? so that was way after this. Yeah, I was thinking that was like early nineties. No. It looks I, like I didn't know that. I just happen to have the IMDb page up right now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm not like a president of the Stuart Gordon fan club or anything like that. <laughs> to- totally not. He's all hiding his shirt. It's like <laughs> FGFC. Um, <laughs> so this film, it's uh, basically another mad science tale. Um, I say another, you know, like reanimator. Uh, they build a... I forgot what they even called it. Basically, like oh, an in- a resonator. A resonator. A resonator. Yeah, yeah. Got uh, giant tuning forks on it. It's right. a giant dildo. It's it's, <laughs> it's very it's very phallic, and there's some subtext there for sure. I don't know. Is it really subtext? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right. It's not. It's just it's uh, it's, it's it's just, just new and sex. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is my electro penis. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it uh, develops, it helps a person develop their pineal gland, yeah. and uh, they're able to see other things going on, uh, cross-dimensional type shit. I mean, it that's basically it, right? Yeah, yeah see the things that are there that we can't see, like, yeah. out of human perception. Yeah, and it's never, you know, one thing I've noticed, like, it's never, like, anything good happening that you can't yeah, there's see. not like there's not like <laughs> spectral bunnies or anything like that yeah it's just yeah. always like everything is just like oh man oh god there's well one jellyfish what the hell was that like, yeah i don't know that <laughs> is like one of the only things that's actually in the short story oh really yeah oh, i was gonna ask if you guys read the story i didn't i didn't get a chance to read it i was gonna read it last night but i was too tired that, i did that because it's really short oh really yeah yeah, it's like seven pages long. Yeah. Yeah. And completely different. What? It wasn't yeah, seven pages? It must be, yeah. There, there's a whole lot less, uh, like, bondage in the Lovecraft story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no sex dungeon room. <laughs> no, there's no sex dungeon room. Does um, it at least have Ken Foray in his underwear? Yeah. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I would read that story all day. Uh, probably not. Well, I mean, it didn't, but it probably wouldn't have had it because Lovecraft was like a huge racist. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But, okay, so so um, the, the, the main doctor... Um, or the 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 dude who made the resonator, right? Doctor Pretorius or Pretorius, right? Pretorius. He, he he's assisted by Jeffrey Combs' character, uh, who has one of the best names ever, Crawford Crawford Tillinghast. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the hell kind of name is that? Anyway, um, he's like the assistant, and um, they they open up a doorway to the beyond, eh? And uh, things go horribly wrong, and Pretorius is killed, and uh, Crawford Tillinghast is sent to the nut house, right? Yeah, okay. And so that's that's basically where the story starts. Got a question about that. How long yeah. did it ever say how long he was in the nut house before <laughs> the nut house <laughs> before uh, <laughs> uh, she comes and picks him up? I assume you know, it was I, like the next day. Yeah, I assumed it was too. But here's the thing: when he goes back to the house. It's clean. Like there's the body outline on the floor, and there's like no blood. And I'm like, so either they had a terrible continuity person, yeah, or they hired a they hired a firm to come in and clean up. And so it's been weeks. Like it was kind of goofy. Plus, there was like some sort of ethereal slug type creature that that bit him in the face, and it was still like bleeding through the band aid when right, it right. back. But that, like you said, the house was clean. So I was like, what? What's going on here? And then hmm. presumably, I fell asleep. <laughs> See, I, I thought because the chalk outline was still there, it was probably very soon, uh, okay. like very close. Yeah, I, I think the implication is that it was like the next day or a couple days later or something. Because like, because the, the cut on his cheek is really indicative of the time frame, really. Yeah. And you can make the argument that there wasn't any blood because uh, like Pretorius wasn't actually dead. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But then, but then, where was his body? And it's it's a huge plot hole. Yeah, where did his body go? And his penis head? <laughs> the, the, yeah. Like what? They, so the head, the 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 creature comes and twists his head off. Is oh. that what happened? And then like consumes his head and his consciousness. Is that what we were supposed to get from that? Something similar. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it that way. I just thought that he ripped his head off, and now the guy was stuck in the other dimension. <laughs> like, like it was less about a, becoming one, and just like, well, oh, didn't he, I, I feel? Him. I feel like Jeffrey Coombs, in his wonderful acting technique, said something about how it had th- this creature from the beyond had assumed. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. sort I, of mind at that point. I was so consumed with the, him saying the titular line. Like, oh, he said from it came beyond. from beyond. That's the yeah. name of this film. Oh my god, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. All right, so I like Jeffrey Combs. Uh, me and Brian actually met him in an elevator once. Nice guy. Um, he normally is a really good actor this film he overacted so bad yeah it so was bad. bad like i like him in like the frighteners when he's hamming it up i think he does yeah. a great job yeah he's real good this film for me it was like it, it's kind of like you know when you go to the zoo and you watch a hippo take a shit in the water <laughs> and it's it's just like horrifying and yet um, like sort of fascinating at the same time that's kind of how i looked at his acting in this particular <laughs> film and that's how i feel about a lot of films that he does unfortunately um i think he needs a good director to know to to kind of like a good director will know when to use jeffrey coombs i think is is what i'm getting at like when when peter jackson used him in the frighteners and yeah. he needed he needed a guy who was kind of like chewed scenery in not necessarily the best way <laughs> But yeah. it fit. It worked. You know, like it, it was really good. And I think he did good in that um, Would You Rather movie. I oh, think yeah. He, I love that movie. Yeah. His his and, style of acting worked for that as well. And Star Trek. He's been in tons. Oh, of Oh, that's Trek. right. He was in Star That's right. I forgot about that. Didn't he play like multiple characters? Yeah. In it? He's played like seven or eight different characters across uh, three different series. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So like if this film was like a little tonally more 
like Reanimator. I, you know, it totally worked. Like would have worked with his acting, but otherwise, there was not any sort of humor, nothing in this film. Like it was just very, very cut and dry. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's what I felt overall. Is that it was very, it was very dry and it was very monotone because they're really only in like two locations the entire yeah. movie, and you've got a very small cast of what five, six people total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, cause you know, I take notes whenever we watch these movies and my only note I actually have written for this movie is that it never occurred to me that you actually make chicken pot pie in an actual pot. Is that what he made? Yeah. That's not what that the, was? Yeah. Not in the <laughs> oven, like a pie. Right. That, You're right. Like he, he made that and I was like, what is he making? And I was like, oh my God, that's chicken pot pie. And I never oh. thought about it and it blew my mind. And I that was my I biggest thought it was like movie. I thought <laughs> mashed potato balls. I'm like, that's not a no. filling dinner. Oh, I <laughs> thought he just threw biscuits on top of stew. No, it was chicken pot pie. And, and okay, so there, and the, the reason why it clicked is because um, my wife's my parents have like a, a house that's like out in the middle of nowhere out by Austin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there's this little town that has this little like hometown cooking diner in it. And it's really, really good. And they have Sunday brunches. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it, where it's a buffet and they have chicken pot pie on that buffet. And it looks exactly like that. Oh, really? Like it's, it's chicken pot pie, but it's like, doesn't have under crust or anything like that. It's just like chicken stew. And then there's like biscuits on top. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, now, that's amazing that you caught that because I would have watched that movie a million yeah. times and gone to my <laughs> grave with a hole in my life because I would never know what the hell it was he was cooking. It kept you up last night. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching the scene and just going, what the fuck is that? Is that just mashed potatoes? Who just has mashed potatoes for dinner? Well, Cook something with it. I like, like it was angering me. I like, I like that he made five servings. <laughs> And he gave, <laughs> yeah, he gave, <laughs> he gave Tillinghast one, and he gave the doctor one, and then himself three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, so they take uh, Jeffrey Combs's character has been wrongfully accused of this murder. Like we said, he's thrown in the nut house, and then the doctor believes him that uh, he that that machine works. So they go back to the house w- along with uh, Ken Foray, which. His name is Bubba Brownie. Oh, okay. Bubba Brownie. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so they go into the house and basically they just like willy nilly fuck around with that, right? I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. The, the doctor wants to make sure she, he's actually like telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't take long at all before she's wanting to just like bang, uh, ethereal creatures and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> and and uh well, we should get into the the how it what it supposedly stimulates your sex drive more or less in, in layman's terms yeah because of that gland that it affects in your brain you just want to bang everything yeah everything like yeah weird creatures <laughs> like rocking people. chairs <laughs> rocking chairs yeah <laughs> whatever what are you doing we've all been fish? there <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so so that happens, but then a, a creature comes and bites Jeffrey Combs on the head and rips all of his hair off, presumably. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Like, not just his head hair, like, all of his hair. <laughs> like, Were his eyebrows gone? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, yeah, realize yeah. That. Yeah, he looks like a cancer yeah. patient. Yeah, I did notice. I was thinking that he looked like powder for a bit. Yeah. But also, it, like, made him, like, immediately just, like... uh like i don't know retarded (laughs) i was was searching for for a better thing but i mean it literally did like he was a normal type guy and then he loses his hair maybe he was samson you know yeah maybe this is a a retelling of samson (laughs) yeah but with (laughs) interdimensional monsters yeah like literally he just like just started uh like just being Whoa. totally zonked out from okay, but that is a common occurrence in Lovecraft, yeah. Stuff is like they have one sort of encounter with the beyond, eh? mm-hmm. and, <laughs> um, I see what and you it did just there. 
it just ruins their life. You uh-huh. know, they go crazy. All right, um, they go mad. They get like yeah. sickly. You know, um, the, they undergo physical changes, like lose a bunch of weight and junk. Happens every ep- every it, single book in the story. And my guess is Lovecraft does his thing where he doesn't describe the monster. He just says it's so horrifying he can't describe it. Did he do that in the story? Uh, kinda. Because um, I'm, I was just curious if Stuart Gordon came up with the design for the monster for the film. Well, in the book or in the short story, th- none of this happens. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's no creature. There's no. Well, there's uh, no Pretorius. Uh, Tillinghast oh. is the bad guy. Oh, okay. And it's like a friend of his came to like visit him, and he showed off this invention he had that. Mm. Uh, you know, resonated the pineal gland and made you, um, you know, come in contact with things that you wouldn't normally see. And then Tillinghast goes crazy and um, his friend, like, shoots the machine and then that's it. Hmm. (laughs) The only, I mean, like, the only thing he describes, he does describe a little bit, you know, in typical Lovecraft vagueness, um, but he tries to describe what ultraviolet looks like, and mm. that's kind of neat. Um, and then uh, floating jellyfish, huh? And and he talks about how like it's like actually as far as Lovecraft goes, one of the more descriptive things uh, because he talks about how the love uh, the the jellyfish are ethereal and they kind of swim through each other, but then every once in a while <clears throat> they will hit one another and absorb each other into their, into like a, you know, themselves. Right. And so, which is kind of what the Pretorius monster guy does, you know, like he absorbs other things and stuff just to create one giant scrotum. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of also looked like uh, that film society. Yeah, like, almost exactly which, the creature design where it just kind of absorbs. Oh, more yeah, more. yeah. OK, no shot. Yeah. Which uh, this was produced by the director of that. Oh, Brian Usna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that he had some sort of weird thing with uh, weird thing. <laughs> knew he had some sort of uh, professional relationship with Stuart Gordon. So I had a question about what you guys thought about the uh, I guess it would be the ultraviolet spectrum in the movie. Which just looks yeah. like it was shot on a bad, you know, computer monitor from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like <clears throat> off-brand Predator Vision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's supposed to be something that uh, is mind-blowing to them. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I think real vision looks way better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, like, what, what do you do to make it look like ultraviolet? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't know. I would have been better off if they just didn't show it to us and we just saw Jeffrey Coons yeah. reacting. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. Of uh, course, but if I mean, we like, just saw him reacting, remember his normal acting? Like, <laughs> I would, oh! <laughs> like way too over the top. But I mean, like you know, to to Lovecraft's credit, you can't really describe something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, how are you supposed to describe a color that you don't, you can't see? (laughs) I mean, you could also just change it to something you can see. (laughs) And they saw green. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so from there, I don't know, like nothing works out, right? (laughs) No, nothing works out for anyone. Um, He gets a little weird, or Jeffrey Coombs gets a little weird pineal snake gland yeah. thing out of his head. Yeah, <laughs> just like a little a little worm popping out. And, and does it burrow into people, or does it eat at people? I, what, I didn't think it did you, anything, really. Uh, it, it just, just kind of flops around like a tiny penis on his forehead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he ate people's brains. Yeah, there we right. go. Huh. Through their eyeballs. Yeah. So, Which he then, I the the moment when he's going after the uh, the ambulance driver, did he have like a moment of shame and regret? Because he he's eating so. people's brains, he's eating people's brains all over the hospital, and then this one ambulance driver 
he suddenly is like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> well, he did the same thing whenever he was eating the brains in the pathology lab. Like, it's like as long as that gland is out of his head, he's, you know, crazy brain eating monster. But then it goes back in and he's normal again. And he has uh, like regret and shame whenever he's. Uh, in the I don't think I caught on to that. Look at you. You're catching know. on to the chicken pot pie and the pine needle thing sticking out of his head. <laughs> pine needle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, but I mean, like, yeah, I was going to make a reference to maybe it's something about like boners, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. I mean, I mean like, when, I get, when I get a boner, I want to eat people's eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. That's just me. So, That's just me. It's my thing. But as soon as the boner goes away, you regret it. It's yeah. True. yeah. There, there don't ask why both dogs of don't have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the I'll rest know. of this movie is all about boners. Yeah. Why can't that be? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. What? Long story short, what did you guys think of it? Um, I liked society better. <laughs> if we're going to go into weird 90s body horror or 80s body horror. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. Like a lot of it felt it, it was strange. It was simultaneously like ham fisted and just like uneventful and, you know, like nothing really happened. You yeah. know what I mean? It was yeah. like it was both extremes at the same time, like kind of boring, but also kind of ham fisted. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. I think it's a story as a story on the page, because um, I think it felt very Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. Uh, most Lovecraft stories take place in a single location with just a couple people. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, experiencing the beyond or the old ones or whatever. So I think it, it, it was very much in line with what Lovecraft would have written had it been a longer version of the story, but it, it doesn't work visually. It's not, there's not enough action, even though you get Ken Forey running around in a speedo for yeah. 15 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It's just kind of like there, it's just sort of there. Like I didn't hate it. Um, yeah. I, didn't love it. I don't know that I would watch it again. I might watch it again, like years from now. Gotta get that chicken pot pie recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Three scoops for Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I didn't like it. I'll put it that way. I, I, I didn't think that it was great or anything, but I was just expecting so much more from. I mean, this is a year after the reanim or after Reanimator. It was one. Yeah. Reanimator is one of my favorite, not like all time, but it's a damn good film yeah reanimator is really good i, I, I will say it. i liked this one i think i like this one more than dagon for sure oh really yeah i don't know something about that movie just that that movie is like you know all the running and chasing and but like nothing really happening i've never watched going on uh, it's just a lot of run. it's it's based on it's not based on dagon i think it's based on shadow over Innsmouth. uh is that is that the title shadow over Innsmouth yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. um that's i don't know why he I called it daggone um but it's just well, a lot of running through a fish village you know and not much happens the hmm. uh, daggone was like the name of the fish monster they worshipped oh right yeah yeah i mean yeah. he's like that uh that that's one of the old ones that features in like a few stories right 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 yeah you know i haven't it's been a while since i read lovecraft um i remember because i remember daggone is the one i remember is uh, where he's on the rocks on some island and the fish monster comes up and tries to chase him and there's nowhere for him to go. Is that, am I thinking of the right story? Um, I don't remember. I've never read it. Uh, anyway, Butt Bangers 4 is the best of the series. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, But anyway, no, what my point is, I thought that this trailer was, totally uh, gives it actually, away. <laughs> <laughs> I found this one a little more entertaining than, than Dagon, the film. So what would you give it out of five? I'd probably give it like a two, maybe two and a half, actually. That's where I'm going to land is two and a half out of five. Like That's that's actually exactly what I was going to do. Like it, it was for what it was. It was, you know, it was OK. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. No. You know, 
Um, it was just, it felt like, and this is a, a, a terrible criticism to have, but it felt like it needed to be bigger, like a bigger scope. You know, you're dealing with the this thing that supposedly like opens up a doorway to this whole other universe uh, of stuff. And then we see like one guy in a room. You, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it just felt like too small. It, yeah, it's a action. missed opportunity for sure. Yeah. 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 And, and that's like, you know, that's it, a that's a terrible criticism to have. Well, see, but, that's that's also a criticism that I have with a lot of what I've read of Lovecraft stuff is just like, and then it was so big that it drove me mad. I'm like, no, I kind of want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see what was so crazy. It will make your hair fall out and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like Lovecraft, but it's just like, that's the weakness for me that just mm-hmm. like not, I've never seen anything. Maybe I've just been sheltered, but I've never seen anything that made me go nuts. Uh, you know, <laughs> really? like, not even Ken Foray in a Speedo. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say though, that is definitely not my favorite Stuart Gordon film. Uh, that would have to be robot jocks. Which was also uh, 1989. Yeah, I have not seen that one. Didn't oh, he? dude, I have it on VHS. I think he developed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty positive he did. Uh, but anyway, yeah. But Robot Jocks is basically like instead of war, uh, you have like a boxing match between two countries, but they're giant robots. You know, I always get that and Free Jack mixed up. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. Um, I mean, I've seen robot, robot jocks more. Robot jocks does not have Mick Jagger like I know piloting a giant robot. Yeah. Oh, oh, robot you would jocks. like it though, Ryan. Robot jocks has a robot that has a giant chainsaw for a penis. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I gotta see it. That is that is that is my dream to have a chainsaw penis. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it, like Mech Warrior always reminded me of Robot Jocks. Also, mm, I like, wonder why, because <laughs> it's literally the exact plot. <laughs> yeah, um, it sounds. Uh, it sounds like that. Uh, I haven't seen either one of these, but it sounds like that. Um, oh God, who's uh, Hugh Jackman did that giant robot movie a few oh, years yeah. ago? Real Steel. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, I didn't see it, but that's what it, this is reminding me of. Sort of. Real Steel, they were much smaller. Robot Jocks, yeah. they were like inside like, the the robot suits. Like, well, but, but I mean, they were like skyscrapers. Yeah, like, they oh, were okay. like Krang. <laughs> but instead of the brain, it was people. <laughs> so, um, all right, yeah. So we're all in agreement. This movie was eh, so-so. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll get Two and a half. I mean, it's all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we will take a break real quick. We'll be right back to discuss Red Ice Run. All right. We are talking Red Ice Run by Ryan C. Thomas and Craig Saunders. Uh, I guess, Ryan, would you like to provide a synopsis? <laughs> I don't really even know how to provide a synopsis. Um, I think when we had pitched it to Thunderstorm, we said, you know, this is a story about two criminal brothers um, stealing something from their, their mafia bosses. And, oh, it's got Vikings and ninjas and demons in it as well. Or something. You know, like, I, what? how would I even pitch this? It's a story about... Two criminal brothers who uh, just get in deep with the wrong people and, and the wrong supernatural elements, really. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I had no clue what was coming next. Brian had mentioned something about Vikings, but yeah, because I remember, <laughs> like, I think I saw your uh, post of it on Facebook or something that you had a book coming out that was about like basically ghost Vikings or something like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then. Craig, you know, got the book from you and sent it to me. And I was like, oh, is this the Ghost Viking book? And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because I had at that point, like, just kind of read at the first few pages. 
And yeah. I, it uh-huh. was like, oh, okay, this is a crime book. And then Brian's like, Ghost Vikings? And I'm like, I, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, if you're not expecting it, I, I think it would probably have a, like, uh, Dust Till Dawn moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're reading, because <laughs> the, the Viking doesn't show up for a while. Yeah. You know? Right. And it, before that, it's just, you know, uh, sort of a noirish crime story right and then it's like viking yeah yeah now i will say um i because of brian i, I was expecting it but i was still taking kind of like what really <laughs> like vikings but it was cool I, I, and i'm not saying that because you're right here but it was really really cool like i i thought that the way that it blended in with it really meshed well and it was reminiscent of like also kind of hellraiser <laughs> mm-hmm. in a way um yeah it's definitely got a little bit of that vibe going on yeah yeah but um i don't know i to me i thought you know we're not gonna spoil spoil any of it we'll, we'll just you know right kind of go with that because it, it's not released yet when's when's it released? no i don't have an official date um you know, we've signed the contract. I, I've gotten the interior layout, uh, but I don't have an official date. And I know the guy who's doing the cover is the guy who did the Clickers Forever cover. Oh, really? Def um, uh, David something, I think. I'd have to look up his name again. I'm drawing a blank. But excellent, excellent artist. So yeah. we're excited to see what they come up with. for Because this is going to be a wacky cover, I think, <laughs> depending on... Uh, we, we, we threw out some ideas like do this, do this, include this element, don't include this element if you don't want, you know, so I'm not sure what they're going to come up with, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, will this be a, uh, do you know what size print run this will be? It's going to be pretty small. Uh, I don't know the exact run yet, but they usually do somewhere between 50 and a hundred copies and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hardback limited. And then we are kind of waiting for it to come out before we look for someone to do the paperback. And we have some places we're going to talk to. Um, but I think right now we want to get the hardback out and just kind of get some buzz going, wait till those sell out. They usually sell out really fast. Yeah. Thunderstorm. I've always looked at them from afar. I don't, <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of uh, a, <laughs> They're they're a little out of my price range, but they are awesome. Like everything yeah. I've seen, it, that's one of those things where it's like, man, if I ever get rich or win the lottery, I'm buying every thunderstorm book. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're cool. I've got a few. You know, I've, I mean, I've got my own, but then I've got some from some other people that I got, and uh, they just they're, the quality is so good, yeah. so great. Yeah, yeah. Now I I say that, but. Let me preface it by they're not like a thousand dollars or anything. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no you're trying, I think the average is like seventy-five or eighty dollars. Yeah, you know, but it's uh, and then they always include sort of like an incentive, like they'll have some artwork inside, and they ask us to contribute uh, exclusive short stories and stuff like that. Um, and they're, you know, they're signed. I don't, I haven't, I don't know if they're doing, I assume they're doing signature pages. I haven't gotten them for this one yet, but I've done signature pages for every other one I've done for them. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. What other, what other have you done for them? I know that you did, uh, I don't know how to say uh, they, it. I'm actually looking, I'm looking at my bookshelf. So they did Habamock. There we go. Uh, they did Salt Day. They did Bug Boy. Uh, they did choose, which is a novella, but then they included about six short stories of mine in it. So it's a pretty big book. Uh, and then they did Origin of Pain, which is actually The Summer I Died and Born to Bleed in one volume. Oh, cool. And they called it Origin of Pain. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, so cool. you've got... <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've got a, a long-standing record with them. I know Brian Keene does a bunch with them as well. Yeah. Yep, King does a bunch with them, and uh, Brian Smith, and uh, trying to think who else. Um, you know, Jeff Gonzalez before he passed. Well, they do a lot of his stuff posthumously now. Like Clickers Forever, I think came out posthumously. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Lee, they do a lot of Ed Lee stuff. So, so I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy and and humbled <laughs> and honored to be sort of part of that family now. Yeah, that's really cool. And they're just awesome to. They're, 
Yeah, they're awesome to work with. And Paul is probably my favorite publisher, hands down. Oh, really? It's just great. That's awesome. Uh, now, did you and Craig Saunders, is this y'all's first time to work together? Yeah, so I, I had uh, worked with Craig years ago when I was doing Grand Mall Press, and he had sent us this really funny book. Um, poison, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, but about uh, basically like a racist dickhead detective in Britain uh, who was chasing down some sort of like religious artifacts. And it was just like fun. It was a crime story and it was really fun. It had supernatural, supernatural elements, uh, but it was really funny. And it reminded me a little bit of like, you know, what if, uh, I don't know, maybe Dan Simmons and Terry Pratchett got together and kind of wrote like a crime, supernatural crime thriller. And ever since then, uh, I've just, I love reading his stuff because he's just very witty. He's a good writer too. And uh, his style. So when we were doing this book, he wrote the first uh, chapter and I was like, okay, well, Craig has a very distinct style. You know, it's a little short, it's a little terse, snappy to the point kind of kind of style. And I, I had to mimic that a lot afterward, you know, so because I didn't want it to go from chapter to chapter and readers to know, well, Craig wrote this and Ryan wrote this. And I'm sure there's moments in there when you can certainly tell. Um, but I did my best to sort of mimic his style because he started the story, if that makes sense. So this was our first time working together. And it was awesome, man. Craig's just awesome. He's super down to earth. He's super humble and funny. And now, you know, I was talking to him this morning about parenting and kids and he's got two kids and I've got two kids and we're just talking about how much our, our bones ache all day long and uh, how we, how we each just want a beer all the time. And, uh, but he's a fantastic writer and uh, yeah, it was awesome working with him man. I, I hope to do it again, but this was a process and man, it took us over two years to get this book done. Oh really? Wow. It was just, yeah, it was a long time. And, uh, and then the problem with when you're writing with, I had tried doing a collaborative effort before and it didn't work. It just we couldn't get it to gel. Um, and and with Craig being British over in Britain, I was even a little more worried, like, this is just not going to work. Uh, but it ended up working really well. And we had no problem with each other fixing each other's stuff. Like if I wrote a chapter and I said, do what you want, and then he would. He would go in and tweak stuff, and he said the same to me, and I'd go in and tweak stuff. And I think hopefully that made it so that it's a little harder again to tell who wrote who, because we actually were, it wasn't just like he wrote a chapter. I wrote a chapter. We both worked within the same chapter and like put sentences together, you know, worked on each other's sentences and stuff. And, and it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. It, it really, it resulted in a really cool product. I can't tell. I couldn't, I'd be spitballing if I knew, you know, if I was to take a guess who wrote what or anything, the styles did blend together very well. And, Honestly, I I loved uh, what's that character Fitz Fitzgerald? <laughs> oh, the Irish guy. Yeah, 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 yeah I, Fitzy. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to uh, see you know another story or something previous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I will say the twist with his character um, just totally threw me off guard, uh, but it was like in a good way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I did not see it coming at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, partially because there's not really like a whole lot of information about him, but uh, like it was, it was a great like uh, unseen twist. So, yeah. Yeah. He was, he, he was fun. I'd say every character in the book, there was no, when we set out to do this, there was no real outline of like Fitzgerald just came up out of the blue as we were writing, you know, we were like, well, what about this? If we have this, you know, and we were both like, that's brilliant. Let's do it. Cause it's just so crazy. You know, it got yeah, to the was, point where the, the two of us were just like, it, let's just be crazy. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you like, how did this like start? Like how did this idea come about? Cause it's uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think Craig and I had talked about doing something together for a couple of years and then finally he just had some time and I had some time. So the way it started was we had no idea what to write about. And he came he came back with the title. Craig came up with the title. He said, what do you think about this for a title? And I said, great. What does it mean? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I said, uh, just write something. Just write and we'll go from there. And he did. He wrote that first chapter with uh, 
uh, is it um, Mallory taking the bag mm -hmm. from the from the criminals? And then I wrote the next chapter, which was uh, I think Kelly getting beat up in the garage or whatever. And then the, at that point we were like, okay, well we stole a bag. We've got a brother. Let's start actually working on like what do we think is in the bag? And we kind of went from and from that at that point we started like sort of outlining a little bit. Like, okay, we know that there's something in the bag. We know that these guys want the bag back. Uh, Craig had thrown out um, the idea of a Viking, of the, of the Red Ice Run being some ancient Viking run that the boats had made back in the day and, and how we were going to work that into the story, which we didn't know for a little while. And then uh, we just kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say we just made it up as we went because that's <laughs> that sounds so dumb. But part, you know, partially, yeah, we kind of just made it up as as we went along, and of course, we went back later and fixed things that didn't work and inconsistencies and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you would you would have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, that, that's interesting. That's kind of like how old school, like uh, like science fiction and pulp stories were made. Like, you know, the publisher would come mm -hmm. in and be like, "I got this title," or right. "I got this uh, cover art." And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, write, you know, X thousand pages on or X thousand pages, X thousand words on this. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah, that's what happened with Brian Keene and the book Pressure. They told him uh, a general synopsis of what they wanted and the title Pressure. And he was mm -hmm. hesitant to do since it had been used for, you know, Jeff Strand's Pressure. Had, right, right. Uh, yeah, there's a few different pressures on there. Yeah, he didn't want to do it, but yeah, they were like, he, he had asked uh, if they could change the title, and they were like, mm, no. <laughs> you, you cannot write it. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's that's cool, though. I mean, you know, you got to think, or uh, retconning uh, not even retconning writing around titles and writing around themes and stuff is kind of uh, it's what every comic artist has to do or, or yeah. you know yeah. every so and you know lots and lots of uh genre fiction uh writers as well you write to markets and stuff like that even though that i don't even know what this market would be <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's why we went to thunderstorm I was like, well, this is such a, a weird specialized genre. I don't like you said, I don't know what genre it is. It's just kind of weird. It's not bizarro weird. It's just sort of like this mega mashup. And I thought I thought Thunderstorm would like and Paul really liked it. You know, they liked the idea. They thought it was fun. So I was glad they took it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is a it is a weird mashup genre. Like I guess Dust, Dust Till Dawn is probably a pretty good uh, comparison where it's like it starts out with a lot of criminal noir elements and then moves into sort of horror supernatural element. Yeah, that movie doesn't have anything vampire related till like the halfway point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it's it's like two different movies, really. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's what made it a classic. You know, mm -hmm. just yeah. if it wasn't, you know, it wouldn't be the movie that we're talking about. But um. <laughs> not that we're not that we're really reviewing that movie. Uh, so what would you get from Dustle Dawn? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I really, really uh, enjoyed it, and I, I think that the it never was jarring. Whereas I've heard that from Dust Till Dawn from other people, like our friend Chevy was like, dude, I didn't know it was a vampire movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, it, it kind of jarred him. This wasn't jarring because it flowed together very well. Um, it just, I was like, what? wait, what? <laughs> like, you know, but it, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't jarring in any way. I, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Because although it is a mashup of, you know, several different things, um, it's introduced like almost gradually, you know, um, the, it, it's not like we jump back and forth between, uh, present day Chicago and ancient Norse Viking stuff right away. You know, right. it's like you get these little store like almost like story seeds and then they develop organically, uh, versus just like smash cutting to different genres and different things and so it's it is a huge like genre in a blender kind of story but 
it's done, you know, well to where it's not, it doesn't mm-hmm. take you away. Like, it doesn't take you out of the story that it's happening. Yeah, and I, I really like the parallels between Wolf and Bear and Kelly and Mallory. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I really, really like that, how they were almost, like, it, it's, you know, they're parallels to each other, but then they kind of go different ways toward the end. <laughs> and uh, right, right. So, anyway, I don't know. I, I really, really liked it. I, like I said, I have no clue what genre it is but i think that that's a good thing it, it would appeal a lot to you know crime fans and horror fans especially um it, it takes itself too seriously to be bizarro but i think that even bizarro fans would enjoy it you know because honestly they kind of bleed over into horror <laughs> a lot. yeah so anyway yeah it was interesting i, I do know that we tried to sort of make each other laugh every every chapter we each tried to do something to make each other laugh because we wanted it to be sort of fun as well and i i hope that that makes it a little easier to get through yeah with all the the genre switches well yeah and that's something we didn't highlight earlier this is uh, especially kelly and mallory uh it's very funny like it's a funny book (laughs) filthy (laughs) yeah that's how we make each other laugh dick jokes you know yeah Yeah. dick and butt jokes (laughs) but uh yeah i I liked it a lot um now uh you said you haven't gotten a paperback uh no one on board as of yet for the paperback uh yeah we haven't really pitched it and i don't want to throw out any name publisher names just yet, but between Craig and I, we've both worked with a lot of notable small press publishers like Thunderstorm. Craig was on Dark Fuse for a long time. Uh, he's now doing books for Severed. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna really just boil down to him and him and I getting on the phone and doing a little pitch session to each other and uh, trying to figure out who we want to go to. You know, I, I had the relationship with Paul at Thunderstorm, so I said, let me let me. Let me send this to Paul first and see what he thinks. Cause I, they're such a good outfit to work with. Um, you know, Craig's working with severed now. So he's got ties to places. I've got ties to places. I'm sure we'll find a home for it. You know, I think, uh, I don't, I don't know. I hope people want to read about crime stories and Vikings and ninjas and demons. And I can't imagine them not honestly. <laughs> like <laughs> I, if I, if, I had read the synopsis. I would have bought it. You know, it's, it's cool. It's different. Surprisingly, a lot of people have latched onto the Viking angle, which I didn't think, uh, horror fans would be that into, but a lot of horror readers have seen us posting about it and sort of been like, Ooh, Vikings, I'm in, which is weird. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the exact, response that i had to it and and i think probably what it is is it's a it's sort of an untapped market you know what i mean like yeah i can't think of too many viking or like norse themed horror stuff (laughs) sorry my wife was flashing her tits at me so I was I was gonna spin the computer. Um, you just yes. shut down so, the computer. <laughs> not, not a whole lot of North. Well, you know what? May, the only uh, Viking one I think of is that was it the Thirteenth Warrior? Was that a Viking movie? Uh, I know it's a book, but I don't remember if it was. Uh, I don't know. I, are you talking about the one with Antonio Banderas? Yeah, were they Vikings in that, or am I thinking of a different? I think they film? were Vikings. I don't think yeah. he was a Viking. But I think there okay. were Vikings on that. But they were, um, weren't they fighting some kind of like evil presence? I don't remember. I don't, it's been forever. All I remember yeah. is that scene around the campfire where he learns their language. <laughs> the, the dances with wolves scene. Yeah. Um, the, Craig and I were talking about the other day that the ritual movie that's on Netflix is kind of Norsey. They have mm-hmm. like stuff about Loki and things in it. Um, oh, is but, that the one when they're in the the... The woods. What am I thinking of? The woods? The woods. Yeah. They're uh-huh. camp, three guys camping. Yeah. Or they're hiking because their friend died and they want, yeah, they're yeah. honoring his memory. Yeah. That, you know, that was actually a pretty good movie, I thought. I liked it too. Yeah. I liked it. Um, but, okay. So it's not just Norse in here. There's some Celtic stuff and mm-hmm. things too. Um, 
So is that something that like you're you or uh, Craig are interested in, or is it just something you just did for the the story, like mythology in general? Yeah, well, Craig's really into it. Craig writes fantasy novels as well as horror novels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not like a some sort of D and D references in there every once in a while. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's big. He's big into fantasy. Um, I'm not a huge fantasy reader. You know, I've read some of the Game of Thrones, and I've read um, I read like one Robert Jordan book and mm-hmm. a couple other things here and there. I don't really get into it that much, but I do love history. I am a big history buff. So the Nordic history, the Celtic history, I am fascinated by that stuff, and I am fascinated by the supernatural elements of that history. Yeah, or or as it pertains to supernatural elements, I should say. Um, so yeah, that was you know we were conscious about putting that in because we just kind of thought it was cool and liked it. And um, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, good enough, good enough for this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the most professional we've been in a, a long time. I know. I feel like we got our second wind after episode 100. Dude, who knew that uh, we'd finally get our shit together on episode 102? We have a we have a hundred episode cycle. You now, know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I know you're kind of pressed for time, uh, but uh, one thing, uh, another thing I'd like to plug while you were on here uh, would be your podcast. Big fan. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks. <laughs> Speaking of dick and fart jokes. Yeah. Two dads and a millennial is the name of it. And it is uh it's pretty pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you had a gun to your head. <laughs> it's pretty like good. Like he's flashing like, hand signals under the camera. Save me. Yeah. Has that check cleared yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty good. It's funny. Um now I don't know the other two gentlemen, but y'all are all writers, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Brian, Brian Killian, who's also on Thunderstorm Books, um, he he's the oldest of us, and then Anthony Trevino, who writes for Eraserhead, or is it Deadite? One of the two. It's kind of the same outfit. Um, he's a Bizarro writer. Yeah. Uh, he's the, he's our resident millennial, you know, young thirties, thir- and uh, so yeah, we just kind of like crack wise well basically it's kind of like um we sit around we pick a topic such as you know we talked about dating one time and we've talked about pornography and we've talked about uh crap i can't remember what else but we just discuss it from different viewpoints of uh you know brian and i being in our late 40s and anthony being a young young whippersnapper and how things are different between us and then we just kind of like you know then we just kind of make fun of Anthony the whole time, really, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't sound too old until you start using words like whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was suddenly like, who is this old bastard? And where did Brian go? <laughs> well, I know I'm old because I've started saying things like the YouTube. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you see that video on the YouTube? <laughs> and then my wife's like, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I guess, uh, where can people find you and, and, and what else, what all do you have coming up? What all yeah, do you want us to check else. out? Yeah. Um, buttbangers4.com. <laughs> nice. I'll be in that. Um, now ryancthomas.com. Ryan C. Thomas is my Twitter handle. Handle? Is that what the kids say? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> that's the best place to find me. Uh, I've got, you know, Facebooks and whatnot. Stuff coming out. Um, really, this is it at the moment. I finished Hissers 3. You know, I just need to find the time to get it edited. But that, that'll that be coming out, hopefully, some point in the next year. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then that's it. We're, I'm actually going to head over to Brian's later today, I think, to do another episode of Two Dads and a Millennial. And, um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, the only other question I got is, uh, are you down for spooky month later this year? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I look forward to spooky month. All right. All right. We'll, we'll have you now, Brian, you got anything? No, I, eh, I mean, I think I asked the questions I wanted to ask. Um, <laughs> I mean, and plus, you know, we don't want to spoil it too much because it's not even coming out for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Um, but 
No, I mean, like, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was really, really Thank good. You, you know, um, you don't have to say that. I mean, you have to you, say it, but you don't have to say it. You know, I, I mean, say, say it. it. I mean, say it sexy. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you know from experience, I would tell you to your face I, if I didn't like I it. Know, I know. You gave me one of the worst beatings. My butt's still sore. From it. And then I didn't like that book. <laughs> Double whammy. Uh, but, but no, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was it was interesting. Like, um, I never f- picture myself as a fan of like the crime genre, but I'm consistently surprised that I like it as much as I do. <laughs> right? And yeah. you know, it's like th- this book also had supernatural stuff, which is huge in my wheelhouse and vikings and irish ninjas and all kinds of just <laughs> random stuff and so i really liked it a lot you know i didn't know where it was gonna go and that's exciting you know so yeah good job cool thank you <laughs> good appreciate job. it yeah <laughs> thumbs up good good job right <laughs> yeah. you met our approval until <laughs> next time <laughs> Yay, I get a Scooby snack. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, it's good to having you on. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, yeah. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> no idea. All right, I got to go take time. care of some, some dead bugs. Thanks, guys. <laughs> this is Wolfman Jack. You've been listening to B-movies and e-books. And you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and other places so anyway leave them a five star review also check them out on twitter at b and e pod and subscribe to the b and e master feed if you're a fan and you a real cool daddy the podcast you just heard is part of the b and e network brought to you by bmoviesandebooks.com 